Hello. Hello. Hello, and uh, welcome to Fairy Unfiltered. I have uh, a great guest on again. I have Andy Dunlop. How are you, mate? I'm not bad, not bad. How are you? I'm, I, I'm good, mate. This is obviously we've had to record this when the Wayne's are all in bed. Your Wayne's are in bed, my Wayne's are in bed. Um, da life, mate, isn't it? Yeah, and, no, and my heavily, heavily pregnant wife is downstairs as well. So oh. um, probably by the time people are actually listening to this, I'll have four Wayne's, no three. So <laughs> so you've got four, you're going to have four. So she's due, is she due on, what day did you say? Getting just. She's getting injured on Thursday. We're recording Tuesday. She's getting no Monday. Nobody knows what day it is now. <laughs> Nobody knows what day it is. Uh, yeah, she's getting injured in three days' time. Oh, fuck. so um, you've got three, three other kids. So talk me through. So what, what age do they go down in? Uh, five, four, and three. Mate, you, mate, that is some. <laughs> that is some. That's just skills here. That's just skills. Uh, skills or lack of TV. I don't know. <laughs> Mate, I'm not going to lie, like, I was telling Laura about this, and I, I love a big family. I came from a family for, so I'm like, then my mum and dad went for a third and got hit by twins, so they had my oh. sisters, I don't know, that was a couple of my dad wasn't expecting. We always said we wanted four, and now we'll have two boys and two girls, so hopefully oh, that's that. Well, oh, mate, that's, I'm outnumbered in my house, I've got two girls, I'm totally outnumbered. That's me. So if we're lucky enough to go again and I get hit, if I have a third kid and it's a girl, that's me. I'm Game roots. Over. That's me, mate. I'm totally roots. I presume just yeah. setting up the gym and everything like that and just moving on. Yeah. So I, that's me. Our oldest is a girl and it's two boys in the middle and our, our wee girls, I mean, you'll know, they've got me wrapped in. She's got me wrapped in her finger. She asks me right. what she gets, but that's it. There's nothing you can do about it. Mate, that's it. I, I'm, I'm murder. This is what Laura says to me. Like, it's constant when I go out. She's like, you bought them something again? I'm like, yes. It's just, it's just one of the things, man. They just yeah. got a hold on me. So, yeah. Andy, I know what you do. You're obvious, and you know what you do. But why don't we tell the listeners? And by the way, it's obviously going to go. And um, I'm, I'm glad you brushed your hair up on the night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go on YouTube as well, mate. Um, so, why don't you just explain everything what you do? Uh, well, that's actually not as easy as you would think. So, I run my own business called BH Events, um, and within that, I kind of have three main contracts. Two of those are town centres where I run what's called a business improvement district. Uh, within that, you've got the town centre of Barhead, the town centre of Clarkson, and all the businesses within those town centres kind of put money into a pot collectively, and we use that money to promote the areas as positive places to work, live, shop and visit. And the majority of what, how we do that is through events, so everything like Christmas light switch-ons, Halloween parades, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, all of that stuff done not happening can he do anything like that right. um, but a lot of what, what else we do there is just support the businesses in general whether that's through helping them with funding some marketing um, and at the moment assisting them with like guidance advice and making sure that they know what they're doing and they know what they should be doing and how to do it properly training and all of those kind of things so that is my day job that's my that's my real job as my mum would probably say <laughs> okay um, but the other side of it um i'm responsible for a lot of live music events, festivals, uh, large gigs throughout Scotland. Um, and yeah, that, that's kind of what my background's in. My background is in events. Um, although I went to university and did construction management, so. Oh, I did. Yeah. I, that's hand in hand, mate. It's just exactly yeah, yeah, the yeah. same. <laughs> no, when I, when I went to university, um, I realised very, very quickly that I was never going to use that. Um, so I went and found myself something I enjoyed doing. At that time, it was DJing. So from there, that just kind of grew. I started putting on events in clubs. Then I became an events manager in a chain of bars in Glasgow. 
Then I became the venue manager for some student unions. And then I went on, then I became a tour manager for a band because I started meeting all of these bands. I toured the world for about five, six years. Um, nice. And then, then we then we had our first child. Uh, so I was like, can't do that anymore. So I had to go and try and find a real job. But now, yeah, um, my own business is really kind of quite defined in itself and uh, going pretty well. And yeah, things are expanding, things are changing. We've, we've actually kept ourselves very, very busy throughout lockdown. I, I I was loving your your new venture, the staying in. I thought this was genius. I just I just remember my mate Leanne like, sharing it, and I was like, "What is this?" And that was me. I just I remember lying in bed on the Saturday night with Laura, and see with your dating one. That just that that was comedy gold. That should be on TV. Yeah. Uh, it was just brilliant. So just yeah, just a bit of background. Like when kind of lockdown kicked in, one of the first events that we had to cancel was a local community awards event but we had already the judges had already done all the the judging and we we knew who was going to win we knew all of that um so we were like we still have to host have this event what are we going to do how are we going to do it so i was like right let's do it virtually we'll we'll do it uh, we'll stream it so i was like right i have to I have to test the streaming equipment and um, so to test that streaming equipment i was like right you've done i used to host pub quizzes when i was a student and stuff like that when i dj'd i was, I was just host a wee pub quiz in my loft, which is where I am right now, um, <laughs> and just put it on my Facebook page just for a laugh. And I'd done that, and well, was loads of my friends joined that. I mean, I'm quite a private person, and that sounds a bit strange considering what I do. Um, so I don't, it's not like I have thousands of friends on my Facebook, but loads of people got involved, sent loads of messages after it, says, do you know what, I really needed that. That was a distraction from the real life. And I was, I was like, actually, maybe I'll do that again. The next day, Glasgow Live ran a story on it. Um, really? Then the day after that, the one show got in touch and they were like, can you come on the one show and do a quiz for us? So I ended up with, as, as soon as that happened, I was like, this is going to get too big for me to be doing this on my own Facebook. <laughs> so I started a page for it and like literally in about half an hour, I'd come up with the name, the staying in, just as like a staying in pub, Aye. made a logo and then went on the one show and did a wee pub quiz for Ed Balls, the ex-label leader and Al Murray, the pub landlord. And then, what? so as soon as that happened, when I was doing it, I, I had like my big TV beside me and that was where I put, had the questions on it. And I had the logo up with the staying in and then the Facebook link. And as soon as that happened, the, my, my phone just went wild. It just went crazy. Um, and ever since then, it's just grown and grown and grown. And we've kind of created quite a quite a, an interesting wee community. We've done other events, like, as you say, the dating show, um, where we just get people on a Zoom call like this and give them strangers. We just give them 90 seconds to chat to each other and see if, if there can be love to be made there it was oh. all about making connections during lockdown and yeah some of the car crashes we had on that were just comedy gold and yeah you're not the only, you're not the first person i've seen that should be on tv but we're in talks just now about maybe taking that somewhere bigger so yeah oh i absolutely loved it i just it was just it just it was just some of the things like that happened and like what was what was one of your i know my, one of my favorite moments but what was one of your favorite moments for that weirdly and it's probably what one that people wouldn't expect so when i first started it we did two seasons and we call it seasons because i said i was going to bring it to a close but when i was bringing it to a close a girl hannah got in touch with me and said you can't you can't stop doing this this is too brilliant and um, she's a tv producer she's won a bath and stuff like that. she says i want to help you able to take it to the next level but it was in the first season and i was just doing it myself on a zoom call getting all these randoms in, and i'm just putting them on dates without ever having spoken to them or seen them 
And at the end of that first season, I invited them all back and says, come on all back and have a chat with us. There was a guy from Aberdeen come on, um, and he was he was a bit of a fan favourite. People had invested in him, like really? seen him on and stuff like that. But he was he could tell he was quite shy. He, he wasn't the most outgoing. And he came on and he just he was like, Andy, I just need to say thanks. Um, what this this has given me such a new lease of life, a new confidence to actually get out there and speak to people and meet new people. And and I, genuinely, I mean, I'm sitting where I am right now. It must have been a midnight on a Saturday night, <laughs> trying not to cry while oh, this is being streamed to hundreds of people because it was like it was so touching. It was like wow, this like mad random thing I've done is actually like really, really like touching some people. It was, it was quite, it was, it was emotional. And you could see, because we're live on Facebook, I can see the comments coming in. People are like, holy shit, like, we were all having a laugh, but this, this guy just brought it home and just hit the nail on the head. I think it was brilliant. I just, I loved it. I did love the variety from where people were. And it was just, just the different characters that were coming on and like you say like some of them were just I, I loved obviously the ones that were absolutely smashed that were coming oh. on it <laughs> I was like that takes us obviously they were getting drunk to sort of like get a bit more confidence yeah. but they went over that level of oh. confidence <laughs> more often than not more often than not there was a thing where you couldn't go on Zoom McGroom unless you were smashed that was the <laughs> that, that's what made you famous on that people became known as like their first name became drunk and then they're what their actual first name was, their surname from then on. Oh. Dunk Stevie, all that. <laughs> I, I think it was brilliant. Let's go back to, let's go, well, let's go right back then. You said there you toured the World League. Yeah. Who did you tour with and where did you go? This is so, a lot of fairness. See, to be honest, like, uh, this isn't, that wasn't a route that I intended to take. Um, you're getting shouted on by a Wayne there, aren't you? I heard a oh, Wayne man. shouting dad. This is just carnage. Yeah, I, I can. I know you understand because you're a dad. But Laura's in there anyway. I'm sure it'll be fine. Is it? Is yeah, it is no, it's fine. If it's at fine. any point you do need to go, don't don't hang out. No, 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 no. So guys, we're going to pause the podcast. No, no, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> it's definitely not Lucia's. It must be Sophia because if Lucia's just started <laughs> shouting dad, there, it's really impressive for a one-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah, but so so, I never intended to get into the events industry. Um. And I don't, uh, everything I've ever really done has kind of been born out of luck. Um, things have landed in my lap and the opportunities have just kind of appeared. But the one thing I would, I've, oh, and I'll say this to everybody, I do talks in university and stuff like this. I was like, those opportunities appear for everyone, but not everyone takes them. So yeah. it was just, it was times that I had that these things appeared to me. I was like, no, I need to take this opportunity or that's it, it's gone. Um, and and that, that, that kind of repeated itself. So when I was, uh, I was the venue manager of a, a venue in Glasgow and we, we used to have a lot of gigs coming in I was never that into gigs and live music I think the first gig I ever went to I worked it so it wasn't something I was that into but through working them a lot and friends of mine uh, becoming close with people who worked in that industry uh, getting to know a few bands and stuff like that um, the kind of opportunity presented itself um, a friend of mine who was he was a sound engineer for the band Twin Atlantic um, yeah. and he said to me, he says, by the way, you know, they're looking for a tour manager. I was like, ah, I'll throw my name into the hat. We were about to do a big venue refurbishment. And I just sent their manager an email and says, look, here, I'll do that. They come back and says, we were going to ask you, but we didn't think you would ever want to do it. Um, and in all honesty, this might take me a bit of a dark turn, but I think it's, in, it's kind of, it's, it's important for the story. I was in quite a weird, dark place there. I was like, um, I was depressed. There was no doubt about it. Um, I, I was, I'd convinced myself that I was ill. Uh, and I was I was constantly looking for something that was wrong. So I was like, I was going to the doctors a lot. I was like, no, I've got a lump here. I've got this there. And I, I, I'd catastrophize and everything. Um, 
and that when that opportunity presented itself, I was like, take it, because I was not, I wasn't leaving the house much. I was just going to work and then coming home. I was even going staying at my mum's and all that because I didn't want to be alone. Um, and I've, when that opportunity presented itself, I was like, no, take it, because then you're forced into it. You need to, you need to break that cycle, and it did. That that changed my entire path. Um, and probably not many people would even realised that, that that was something that I was going through at the time because again I'm quite a private person. Uh-huh. Um, but I've got, I've got no issue talking about it. I mean, and I, I would I'd happily tell more people about it so that they realise that no, this is something that people go through. But yeah, that that snapped me out of it. And then I went on tour. Uh, I, we did one show at Rockness where the band played the main stage. And then the next week they said, "Do you want to come on this? Um, we're doing a European support tour with uh, the band The Gaslight Anthem." And I was like, "Yeah." let's do it and then that was it and after that we toured pretty much every country in europe and i've now done 48 of the 50 states of america um so yeah i mean i've done huge amounts of touring unfortunately when i stopped the next tour they did was south africa and then the one they did after that was australia so i missed out on that but uh family life comes first oh no yeah it was it was an amazing experience Uh, i still know the boys really well talk to them fairly regularly they were all at my wedding and it was, yeah, friends for life that, that all of the boys in the band and the crew, it was, it was a phenomenal time. Wow, that is, what a journey that is. You're going to have a yeah. really interesting autobiography when it comes out. Aye, <laughs> the, 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 book's, the book's halfway there. Uh, <laughs> I always get asked this question, I get asked this, you just go, what would you call your autobiography if you had to think about it? Oh. Do you know what, genuinely, I, did, I started writing things down a few times. And I don't think I would ever put it in my own name, so I would never really want to tell anybody what my name, my titles are, because mm. I would rather these stories went out anonymously. Nah, <laughs> and I don't mean I've got any crazy stories to tell, but I just, I'd, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, because I've, I've had such, I've always thought if I was going to write something that would be so involved in work, but I've had such a diverse career, that it's not like I could say Confessions of a Tour Manager. So I, that was only a short, short period of time for me. Um, so, yeah. Well, your wee one's going going at it big time. Yeah, it's Lucia. Yeah, that is Lucia. Laura's in there with her. Sophia's in bed. This will be hard wrestling her. She's refusing to go to sleep, mate. This is going to be a very interesting podcast. We should just call it that. The Da Podcast, that's what we should call it. (laughs) I'm lucky that uh, my youngest, he turned three yesterday. Um, It was the first day of nursery today. So he's shattered. Straight to sleep, man. Boom, straight out. Out like a light. See, this is it. Sophia's the same. Sophia is uh, back to nursery mornings like that. That's her Shattered. sleeping. Uh, just knackles them out. Lucia, she got her jags. You know how they, the jags they get when they're just yeah. one? And that's it, man. It's just kicking yeah, in. Yeah, she's unsettled. Uh, so this is her. She's just um, not very happy at the moment unless she's eating. <laughs> so that is basically... So it's either she's hungry again, which surely is not possible. So you've worked yeah. with some other bands I hear. Um, what other bands have you worked with? I mean, the, honestly, it's... the We, we did tours with Blink-182, Green Day... I've done gigs with Foo Fighters, Killers. Well, I mean, so I'll, my calendar is up here from what right, okay. I was duty, pro, duty project managed this summer. So it's my, my summer shows that I was a project manager for were uh, Killers, Little Mix, Westlife, Jerry Cinnamon, Tom Jones, Lionel Richie, 1975, McFly, Simple Minds and Travis. So, I mean, those, those were the big outdoor shows for this year. Last year, I was project manager for Spice Girls. 
Wow. Um, so there's a, fair, there's a fair mix in there. <laughs> uh, so, like, see when you meet these people, like, are you are you a bit starstruck when you meet them, or do you just see them as normal people and be like, all right, by the way, how you doing? This is where you're going, blah blah blah. Do you know? In all honesty, it's, I think I've only been starstruck twice. Uh, once was when we did the first Blink One Eight Two tour, and I, I was never, I, I'm not a Blink One Eight Two fan. I never had been. Um, but Mark Coppus came into the dressing room and he's like, all right, how you doing? And I was like, and I just didn't know what to say. There was something that just took me by surprise. And it, um, But I mean, as I say, I've spoken to people like Dave Grohl, Bill Gates, all, like people like that where I've never been starstruck because it's like, it's work. It's just gone with it. Bill um, Gates? Like Microsoft <laughs> Bill Gates? Hi. Wow. So, what is he uh, like? Do you, do, you want me, do you want me to make that st- story even stranger? Cool. Go for it. Like speaking, when I was speaking to him, it was via satellite phone, whilst I was standing on stage at the Royal Albert Hall when it was sold out. <laughs> it was the, the Institute of Directors, uh, which is a large uh, worldwide organisation where the directors, all the biggest companies in the world are members. Um, it was their annual general conference, and I was chosen as one of 15 people from schools across the UK to go and put forward young people's views of business. That was in sixth year at school, so I was at 17, 18. Um, so, you know, you know Kevin and Perry from Harry Enfield. Yeah. So I was I was dressed like Kevin, a teenager. Get get a blaster on my shoulder. Started at the back of the Royal Albert Hall, right at the crowd, and I pressed play on it. And the garbage song when I grew up, blasting out the PA, and I swaggering through uh, the Royal Albert Hall, like all these like huge millionaires like CEOs of like Audi and stuff like that in the crowd and I'm like winking at them as I go past like swagging through go up onto the stage uh, use this fake remote control to change the channel and it changes the channel to Bill Gates who is there from wherever he was I don't know where he was um, and yeah it was, my, it was my job to ask him some questions I, don't ask me what questions I ask because I can't remember wow uh, but These yeah are... I mean even it, like that for some reason that didn't phase me even as a 17 year old daft wee boy <laughs> um uh, and we've toured with 30 Seconds to Mars, and that, that tour got cut short because Jared Leto had to go back and pick up his Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. So, I mean, like, stuff, like, mad stuff like that has, has happened throughout. That's insane. Uh, yeah. That is just the people that you've met, man. That's just... Did you get but the it just, it, <laughs> it genuinely just doesn't... They're just there. It's just, yeah, that's it. It's work. You, and to be honest, in a lot of these shows, sometimes you don't even meet the, the talent. You're there to make sure the show goes ahead, it goes ahead safely. Um, and that the pe- like my, my job isn't about, when I'm project managing gigs like that, my job isn't really about the artist. It's about the people who are coming to see it, make sure they get in, see it safely and they get home. Obviously, it's important that the show happens as well, but um, the, the biggest task is the 50,000 people in front of them, not the one Aye. or two people on stage themselves. Um, but yeah, uh, like last year when I was doing the Spice Girls, I went down to do they had some pre-production dates, uh, down at a secret location just outside Manchester. Um, and it was like a big aircraft hangar, but there's two of them side by side. Okay. Every so often they kept, there's maybe 30 people in there watching this full production of the Spice Girls show, by the way. So I'm watching a Spice Girls show for 30. Um, and they kept that having to stop bizarre. every... Yeah, they kept having to stop every so often. I was like, why are we stopping? And they're like, oh, because of the explosions next door. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, they're filming the new Spider-Man film next door. And the other big aircraft hangar. Whilst we're in here with the Spice Girls. And yeah, it was a weird, weird situation. Bloody hell. It must yeah. be surreal, but the fact that it's just like 30 is just standing there just watching them perform. It's just... And, and it, it was one of those weird ones because they knew they were rehearsing 
And sometimes they would catch your eye because you're one of only 30 people there. Of course, they're going to look at somebody in the crowd. And you're like, aye, that's Jerry Halliwell staring at me while they try and go through this song. And you could almost feel that they're feeling awkward. Like, they're getting really into it, doing all the dance moves. And they're like, there's only 30 people here. <laughs> it was like they'd sold no tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that is, what, what amount, that's just amazing. It's just seeing all these artists... You must, you must be into music now a bit more. You must be into bands a bit more now. Do you know what? It's weird. I mean, I have bands that I'm like hugely, massively into, but I think you get spoiled doing this job. Um, quite often you'll be doing a gig and you'll just go back and sit in the production office and you're like, oh yeah, such and such is on the stage, but I'm just going to eat this sandwich. Just, I mean, it's just like, it, it becomes such second nature that, I mean, I probably did about, I don't know, 80 gigs last year and I don't, I could probably count on both hands how many I actually watched all of Aye. because you're just, it's I don't know it just doesn't make it's not it's not that it's not special because sometimes it really is special um and sometimes it just touches even if it's music that you're not into like see the barras the, the barras is the most unbelievable place I've ever been in my life like I remember doing a gig um I can't, I can't even remember who the band was, but it was a band I wasn't that interested in. And standing up the back and seeing, looking out and seeing the sea of faces that were getting so into it and so emotional in it, it's something about it, it just grabs you because that, that venue is special. Um, the Barras is my, that's funny you say that, the Barras is actually my favourite venue ever. Um, it's just, I don't know, there is, like you say, there's just something about it. I just, I think I love the whole history of the Barras, like how it used to be like an old dance, it was an old dance hall, wasn't it? And that's yep. what it was originally. Even the stars on the ceiling, like, um, who is it told somebody, some, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they got um, a, one of the stars off the ceiling as a present. Yeah, I mean, like, so well, they, they've actually got moulds in the bars where if they get removed, when they get removed, they replace them because they do get removed so often. And mm. it was David Bowie, when he played, he stole one and it became a bit of a folklore story. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm going to hold this up, and that might be weird for you. But I don't even see that. See, right in... Is that you? Aye, that's my wedding, because that's where I got married. How cool is that? So, yes. uh, so was that like, did you get married, like, did you get married and then go there? Did you get married in there? Like... So, we actually got married at Glasgow University Chapel, but then our reception, uh -huh. was, in, our reception was in the Barrowlands. Like, yeah. That is phenomenal. Yeah. This, this is, everybody's just go and watch it on YouTube now, because you need to see it. Is <laughs> <laughs> How oh, is yeah, that? I that it's a podcast that I'm holding yeah, it's, it's all right. It's their fault for just listening. <laughs> so, like, how did that work, though? Like, did you have a band? Did you have a DJ? What did you, how did that work? Uh, yeah, so I had a band on it, but it was just like a wedding band. Um, we, they just played covers of, like, cool wedding songs. It was, there was nothing really, there was nothing at that side of it special, but I think a lot of people coming were probably expecting some big, massive, famous band to be playing, but it was like, Nah, I'm just having a wedding. It's the, the important part of it is the wedding. Like, but it was, it was a great time. Yeah. That is amazing. Like, I would just that would be brilliant. It's also amazing for the wedding band as well. <laughs> actually, play yeah. the bars. I never knew you could actually like do that for a wedding venue. You, you can. Or right, you just <laughs> you knew somebody. Ah, uh, it was they. They don't. It's not something they they do. It was um. Yeah, I was very. I'm very lucky to. As, as they put it and I, I would never say this myself but they put it when they told me that I could have it uh, as part of the Barra's family so I was I was very lucky to be allowed to have that oh that is that is an honour that is an yeah. honour did you steal a star no I didn't actually <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that to them I wouldn't do that 
<laughs> no, that is amazing. So, how are you feeling now? Like everything, obviously, out of COVID is just sort of like coming now. Like, well, I can say that because the gym opens next week. But yeah. like, um, as everything that the lockdown eases off, how are you feeling regarding? Are you going to keep the staying in? You going to try and keep it running? Like everything that you've been doing? Because obviously, we met and we spoke. I know you through a friend of mine, but. Obviously, we met the other week when we were tying up with the Beatson. Yep. That's one of our charities. You were involved with the Beatson as well. And you did absolutely amazing. I'd actually just like to take my hat off to you because that was phenomenal. So you go and tell them how much you've raised because it's just unbelievable. Uh, yesterday, we passed the £31,000 mark, which, which I mean, it's, I know people have raised like crazy amounts of money for the Beatson. I really hold, hold my hand, hands up to them. But... Um, we started this like at the start of lockdown just with some silly wee pub quizzes and it was once a week we put on a pub quiz and people would buy a raffle ticket. So over that, um, we did 20 episodes of that. And we, people, like you, you were one of our eggheads. We had Grado mm-hmm. on as the last episode. Um, it, it went amazingly well. And then when we did the Off the Beats and Track, the walk on Saturday and Sunday, a lot of our community members totally bought into that, got themselves um, some huge amounts of sponsorship and yeah, smashed through that 30 grand. And that, that was beyond anybody's expectations that we would ever raise that amount of money for them. So it's been amazing to start that partnership up and there's no doubt that I'll, I'll keep that going and everything that, that I do moving forward as well. Um, but in terms of the staying in, yeah, I really don't know what we'll do there. I mean, as you say, things are starting to ease off, but it's unlikely that we'll see any major events for quite some time yet, potentially mm-hmm. even as late as a vaccine um, happening. So me getting back to a, a full full job for me where I'm used to doing like seven to eight hours a week um, is maybe a wee while away. So um, we're turning our hand to a few different things, but uh, I've maybe got a bit of time before I get back to that level of things. So I think there will be something happening on the staying in, but um, I think when I look back at some of the messages and there's people who are like, it's been amazing, I'm a single parent i don't go out anymore because we've got kids and it's been mm-hmm. that kind of social life for some people so i do think we'll we'll keep some element of it happening it certainly won't be the five six nights a week that we've been used to uh-huh um so yeah i don't know but then obviously we, we're currently just about to take a couple of weeks off because as i say my wife is oh. due to drop a baby any minute now so oh no this is it it's, it's one of the things things happen for a reason it's good obviously you're going to get a bit more time back and it'll be carnage and wild in your house <laughs> yeah. so you've done amazing with these numbers five four three two and now i go on to four is it four year oldest no five five's our oldest five four three we missed a couple of years and then <laughs> we missed a couple of years we took a wee, took a wee break <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's absolutely brilliant. But with the, the like you say with the beats and it was an amazing thing you've done, and that's it was it was great to see that. Even when being known as an egghead, it was an absolute honour. Like when you see the messages with people coming through and what you've raised, like the beats and was one of our charities this year, and they were they were lovely. They were absolutely amazing to deal with. They were yeah. absolutely so nice, and it's great to. I've dealt with quite a lot of charities. Um, we always choose like one or two. It was usually two charities each year. And the Beatson, we have bowel cancer in Beatson, and two of them are absolutely phenomenal to deal with. They're so supportive in any event you do. They just fling everything into it. Yeah, well, it was kind of chance that they, they'd reached out to me right at the start when they saw me do the first quiz, and I think they'd either saw me on the one show or on Glasgow Live, and they're like, we maybe take a chance and see if this guy would be up for doing something. Um, and I think that there was a few other people who I'd reached out as well, but the Beatson kind of just still let me be me, whereas I, on the on the... The quizzes, especially at the, the nine o'clock ones, um, 
it's maybe not family friendly sometimes and the, the language can be a bit colourful, but they weren't bothered about that. They were like, we don't care, it's, it's content for them, they were still raising money. Um, and they were really supportive and it, it was it was great to start learning about the stuff that they do because I genuinely didn't know much about them. And as I say, we did 20 episodes, but on week 17, my mum messaged me and said, so my, uh, my mum messaged me and said, you know your dad was in the beats? And my dad passed away um, 16 years ago. Uh-huh. But I had absolutely no recollection of him ever being in the beats. And so it was like quite poignant that that's the way it turned out, that mm-hmm. um, that there was definitely there was a connection there. And even before then, I'd already decided that that partnership was definitely going to continue in some way, shape or form, that, that we'll, we'll be involved with them. And I know we'll maybe do them a live quiz next time they're allowed to do one of their big events or something. Oh, that'd be amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. It'd be so good. And the thing is, it's just got so much potential. Everything you're doing at the moment has got so much potential. Like, I'd love to yeah. see, I would love to see a live, like, stay in a pub, but I think that would be we, amazing. We actually did, there was, we did um, some driving events last week. All right, uh, okay. At Dalkeith Park, um, thing called the Parking Lot Social, where we and I did some DJ sets, uh, a quiz, and there was some karaoke and stuff like that. And that was really great. I mean, 200 cars sitting there, people their horn at you rather than giving you, giving you abuse on the Facebook comments. It was a bit different. Oh, um, I actually different. heard about it. There was, there was, were they doing that in Edinburgh as well because they couldn't so do that, the fringe? Uh, yeah, well, that would have been, you probably saw it on, I think it was Report in Scotland or something like that. They'd done like Edinburgh Nights, uh-huh. which is, they used to do Edinburgh Festival Nights. But yeah, they, they'd done a full episode on that. They were out there. Filming that, I thought, has oh, that been on the TV? I better go and see if I'm on the TV then. I better go check aye. it out. <laughs> it, was, it was on, aye, because that's how I see it. And I was like, what a genius idea. But, I mean, especially for yeah. the comedians, it, that was their thing. And it's been totally stripped away from them, the, their live events as well. Yeah, so, I mean, they're doing like five, six nights a week. Um, they've, uh, they just finished a, a, the two-week run in Edinburgh. And now they're going to Glasgow Airport to do another two-week run. And then they're down Newcastle, Manchester and all that. So, um, yeah, it's been good fun. Mate, you definitely get about it, don't you? <laughs> oh, well, thankfully, I, I only did the first one for them, set it up, gave them all the, the tools to make them do it, and then I'm, I'm taking some time off. So. <laughs> How are you feeling, though? Like, um, obviously, you're a bit of a pro with this. You've got three kids already. How are you feeling about baby number four? How are you, are you nervous? Are you... Uh, do you know, I think today was the only day a wee bit of... And I, I don't I don't know it's in a bad way, but I think today was the only day a wee bit of excitement in it. Because although she's obviously been pregnant for eight and a half months... Mm-hmm. Um, it just hasn't felt real because six months of that has been in lockdown. So that six months isn't by in an instant because everything's went by in an instant almost. Yeah. Um, so it just, there's, there's bits about it that haven't quite felt real yet. But I mean, mm. uh, as I say, we're going to the hospital in two and a half days time. So I mean, it'll definitely start to feel real very quickly, but not, yeah. not nervous. I mean, the only thing I'd say in this, this would, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but um, watching your wife go through labor is the most terrifying thing in the world. 100%. And the one that the thing that makes it even more scary for me is le- not letting them know that you are so terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's one, of, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do and having to do it three times, um, it, it didn't get any easier any of those other times. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that part, but, yeah, it's absolutely terrifying. I, I was to say, we had, when we had Sophia, um, obviously that was, a, that was our first child, and I remember when uh, Mars was going to collapse, I was so nervous. I was watching Laura. She wanted, like, a, not a pool at birth, but, like, she was in the water, and the girl was like, no, she needs to go in. And we took her into the room, and they were like... The, the nurses are obviously so calm and yeah. I could tell there was something wrong but by this point Laura was like 
pretty drugged out or not. So yeah. I was sitting there and I'm like, this is not a good thing, seeing her. No, I don't know what's happening. And then it was like, I heard one of the nurses casually saying, okay, so the cord's wrapped around your child's neck. So, and I went, excuse Wait a minute, excuse me. And she went, Oh, it's okay, it's quite common. I went, I don't, I don't care if it's fucking common. This is you get that baby out now. Then I was like, they're like, okay, okay. And then I could then another doctor came in, okay, like, okay, Mr. Ferry, we're now going to take your wife in for an emergency section. And I'm like, Whoa, whoa, what's happening? What do you mean emergency? Why is it an emergency? It's because of the cord, and then also the doctors let me go. How does he know about the cord? Why is he telling me about this cord? <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, but then the second time with Lucia, um, it was a planned section and we went in yeah. and it was, has um, your wife had a planned section already? Has she had no. one? It no, was, no, no. mate, it was unbelievable. We went in and we're sitting there and they're like, okay, so you're going to be, about, you're just going to be the first on the list. And I'm like, all right, okay. And off Laura went down and they went, okay, if you just go and get your scrubs on, I was like, right, and go back and sit in the room. So I'm just sitting in the room where these other mums and dads, we meet my scrubs, and they're like, okay, you're now ready to go down. And I'm like, right, okay. And I'm like walking down, and Laura's just sitting there, and she's like, I can't feel my legs. And I was like, okay. And then I'm just sitting there. And then um, the doctors and that are all just talking away at you and having a laugh. And I'm like, this is surreal. And obviously you can see the curtain moving because she's obviously getting tugged about. But it was, it sounds really bizarre, but it was so relaxing. When we, when yeah. we had Lucia, it was amazing. And obviously it was the best thing ever. And then like, after it was, I told her, how were you? And she was like, it was such a, like, a nice experience because <laughs> I remembered it. And like, I was like totally conscious when uh, Lucia arrived. And I was like, so can we go again? No, I mean, <laughs> I was, uh, but it was brilliant. Uh, the, the staff were amazing, right enough. But, yeah, I mean, I think with their first time, there was a, was a wee bit of dis- distress, so they went in, they prepped her for a section, but they said they were going to try a forceps delivery first, and they got her out with the forceps, but then Jenny's like, as you say, out, can't even move from like the neck the neck down, so she's just sitting there, and she's looking at me, and like, I can see that Ivy, who's their oldest, is out and on the table, and they're like, using the wee sucker thing in her mouth and stuff like that, and I'm like, make a noise, make a noise, make a noise, make a noise, mm-hmm. and Jenny's saying to me, I would do it all again, and I'm like, you've not even held her, just let her make a noise, let her make and that was honestly <laughs> probably the longest 10 seconds of my life, and then he did that first cry, and I'm like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. And do you know what? Genuinely, nobody had ever told me that about preparing for that—that that it was so terrifying. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know if that's that guy thing for people. Nah, nothing scary. You can handle it all. No, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. I'm you. I'm yeah. you, mate. That's exactly how I was. And when we were there, um, I remember <laughs> the anaesthetist was sitting beside me with Sophia, and we were having Sophia. And um, they, obviously her head came out first and he was like, oh, there we are. It's a beautiful baby boy, right? And then, and then I, and I went like that and I looked and then I just looked at him and I went, what type of boys have you seen? I said, that's not a boy. And he went, my mistake. And I'm like, what? What training are you in? Are you in? This, this is some random, this is some random for the cafe, you brother. I was like, what is this? But I was, I was always like, but it's me, it's absolutely terrifying. It's absolutely yeah. terrifying. I'm going to dive in, Andy, and I'm going to start asking some random questions now, because I feel like, feel free. Bro, it was quite a relaxed conversation anyway, apart from my children <laughs> screaming in the background. Um, but I feel like it's good. Enough. It's like, remember that, um, have you ever seen that BBC one with the guys 
trying to do the interview on BBC News and he's Wayne dive bombs. The Wayne's come in the background. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. It was funny. Yeah. At least that never happened. That's the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but there's, uh, there's other ones and there's three other ones happened during lockdown and they're all equally, equally good. Oh, really? Um, aye, should, should go watch them. But there's one where it's, like, it's a woman, it's like the Wayne comes in screaming and she's like, sorry, that's, that's one of my children. <laughs> and then like, the Wayne just runs away screaming. <laughs> like, I hope somebody else is there looking after that. <laughs> Sam, that child get out of that cage. Get out of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So, Annie, as you know, it's called Fairy Unfiltered. My, my main name, I will get you a coffee at one point, but I was supposed <laughs> to be, the, the show was, I get you a coffee. So I've got a coffee machine in the gym. We'd have a chat. So if I was making you a coffee, Hopefully, drink coffee. What type of coffee would you would you have? I'm going to ruin your question. You don't. You don't. I fucking. I fucking. I don't. You know what? But there's. I. I don't drink hot drinks at all. Right. I okay. I don't drink hot drinks and I don't eat cold food. Right. I just. Oh. I think they're weird. And you know, when we were on tour, especially in America, it was always a thing. You'd stop every few hours, and the boys would go and get a coffee, and I was like, I'm going to try and get any coffee. And I started like on the low end of the scale, and then after like two days, I'd like the shakes and. I was like freaking out. I was like, nah, I'm out. I'm, ta- I'm tapping out. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I don't drink coffee. Okay, um, what's, what, what type of beverage would I give you then, Andy? Uh, I mean, if I go to, if, if, quite often if I go to a meet in a coffee place, I'll have a, a smoothie. That's fine. What would you yeah. like? What Maybe smoothie would you like? A mango. A oh, mango. I like a mango. Right, you're fine. You're back in the game, mate. You're back in the game. Yeah. That's it. You're back. You've moved up that pecking <laughs> order again. You're fine. I like mango as well. Right, so I can make you a mango smoothie. Right, so we've done that. So now what I'm going to do is, um, please don't ruin this, Andy. Hey, I'm going to get you a pizza. So you're nodding me a smile. Is this going to go positively? Oh, I'm very, I'm very particular about pizza, though. Oh, right, okay. Right, here we go. Right, go. So I, love, a I love a Neapolitan pizza. Right, okay. So, like, do you know Paisano in Glasgow? Yeah. Yes. Just checking. Yes. You never know. You never know. Yeah, I'd go. I'd go with a Paisano, and I'd probably just... I maybe go away number two, but sometimes I'll go away. So number two is just a margarita for those that are uncultured and don't, don't know what a paisano is. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or a number six, which um, has the Induja sausage on it. Um, mm. do you, do you know, although I'm a part-time veggie, so hey. it depends how I feel. Part-time, do you know what? I started maybe two years ago, and I went, like, cool, tag. I was like, right, let's see if you can, if this makes a difference to how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just went veggie. Straight, I was, I was in a train down to London, watched the documentary, and I was like, that's it, you're being veggie. And ever since then, maybe, maybe 18 months, I was veggie. That was, and I wasn't really strict, so I would like, eat Haribo and stuff like that's got beef jelly in it, but I didn't eat meat. Um, and I didn't feel any different. No? It genuinely didn't make me feel any better. I didn't feel healthier and like that until I ate meat again, and then I felt crap. So. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. It, just, it, it, was, it was like my body used to not having the meat, and then... I don't know, struggle to process or something like that. Uh, Aye, slow digestion, yeah. stuff like that. But I'm, I'm part, to, I'd say I'm a meat producer, which sounds so wank. Apologise if you can't swear on your postcard. You can, swear away, <laughs> swear away. To be fair, I've actually been very polite tonight compared to what I usually am. So. <laughs> me too, I actually cut one out earlier. I self-bleeped myself. Um, oh, no. But yeah, no, I've, I've just I cut down a lot. So yeah, it depends how I feel. If I feel I'm, I'm going to have the meat. I'm saying that, but see when you text me earlier to remind me we were doing this, I was at the Chinese, picking up a Chinese. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is fine. Mate, that yeah. is fine. My mate's a part-time vegan. 
he just yeah. pretends he's vegan then again. He's a terrible <laughs> vegan. We've been out cycling the other week and he just swapped to like Richmond, so not us, his sausage, Richmond sausages. <laughs> I'm like, I was asking him, who brings, who brings sausages out in a cycle? And he's like, hey, what's up with that? Right? And I was like, all right then. But um, so that's the type of vegan he is. So, <laughs> um, right, so we've got there, we've got your pizza. I am delighted they didn't say pineapple pizza. I'm so oh. happy. Uh, thank you. That's the reaction I wanted. That is the reaction I wanted. No. Right. Now we've got your drinks. So we've now got your, your, your dinner. Right. So now you're going to have a dinner party and you're going to invite five people. Now they can be dead or alive, not physically dead. They can come back from the past, not as zombies, yeah. but as a human self. Um, so who are the five guests you would have? It's Zoe Deschanel. Mm, nice. Um, I'm, I'm now, now, as soon as I've said her name, I'm like, right, now I need to go through the rest of the list and figure out which five of them I'm bringing, but there's got to be somebody else there. Um, this, this one's from Leffield, Minka Kelly, but I don't know if you know who Minka Kelly is. No. So she was an actress on the, the TV series uh, Friday Night Lights. Okay. Just, uh, yeah, so she, she's, she's up there, but I'll go with um, Scott Hutchison, who's the lead singer of Frightened Rabbit, who... Unbelievable. Love him. Yeah, but I mean, Scott, Scott, Took his own life maybe two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he would need to be there. Frightened Rabbit are one of the only bands that I would, without question, buy a ticket for. Whereas most of the time I would just go blag a guest list from somebody. Um, I, I loved Frightened Rabbit. Like, I loved them. I actually added more songs of theirs to my Spotify the other day. Um, nah, there's, there's something about uh, Scott's songwriting that just blows my mind absolutely blows my mind there's some stuff in there that's just nobody else that i've ever been able to find that's been close to it um but yeah who else would i who else would i bring i'll probably bring bill gates back see if he reminds remembers me <laughs> would you would you dress up as kevin for kevin and Perry? I'd, I'd put, the, put the outfit back on oh, that's fine man that's fine mate. <laughs> <laughs> um And I, I don't know, I think I'd maybe bring somebody random. Like, I'd, I'd either go with Obama or I'd go completely the other way and bring Trump just oh. to try and get inside the mind. How would you get lost inside that, mate? I that's know. Just a, it's that's, like a black hole. That, that's the kind of mad thing about it. Um, or maybe Stephen Avery, the making a murderer guy. Oh. The guy who's in jail for that whole making a murderer. Um, just, to, just to maybe understand, did, did you do it? Did you do it? I know that's. I, I find that quite a tricky one because um, there's so much eh, making a murderer that I was like, the cops obviously hated him and his family. Yeah. But then there were certain points I'm like, mm, wait. wait then you've got a question. Well, well, why did they hate you? Like, like what's, what else is going on there? There's, there's definitely other things about that. Um, so how yeah, many was that? that? Was that your five? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe you had your, you had two obviously from your top five there that you brought in. Zoe and Minka. Uh, Bill Gates let's do Donald Trump oh and Stephen Avery that is the most random one yeah. oh no 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 I'll drop Stephen Avery and bring Scott back Scott ah, right Scott okay right that's fine then that's fine that's, uh, it's, it's a, a very interesting one last week uh-huh. some last week Coy had a uh, Susan Boyle on that was a random one I, I do love a random guest I love a random well, guest well I nearly I nearly um, I nearly said Joe Frost Joe Frost is super nanny. Oh. Is she in your top five? Aye. Is she? Aye. I don't know. I'd let her put me in the naughty step. 
Oh, would you see? Do you know we? I get slighted with this. And my my random one from my top five is, oh, what's her name? Is it Angela McLean, the loose woman, the Scottish used to do the the weather? Nah, I don't don't I don't know. Don't know. See, I've, I've yeah. got I've got my list saved, but I mean, mine isn't a five. I think I've got twelve on mine. Mind so, list. Is it laminated? <laughs> and all that with that episode of Friends? <laughs> saved on my phone. That counts. Saved on my phone. So if you ever meet any of them, you can just actually show your phone and just be like, "Look, you're on it." But, I've listened, it's like my, my wife actually got really annoyed me when I was on tour because it was quite often where I crossed paths with some of these people. <gasps> um, so, and Zoe Deschanel has been like top of that list for a long time. And we did a show in South by Southwest in Texas, and she's got a band called She and Him, and they were on before us. And I was like texting my wife, just noising her up, being like, I'm going to ask her, I'm going to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been close to any of my top five, mate. Never, never, ever. I think the only other one I've been close to is Rachel Riley from Countdown. Oh. I met her back. I met her backstage at um, Radio One Big Weekend. Um, but that, I was. Uh, do you know what? That was that was my other time. I was starstruck. I was too scared to go centre. Oh, were you? Oh man, ah, she is. She must is be hot. a top five thing. Is it, you've got top twelve. I do. I do. I I need to sit and break that down. I can't even think at all. Oh, I did. It's on, it's on my phone and everything. I say, I've saved and I'll, I'll update it if it if it needs changed. If MD. Because what I've actually got is a wee tick list. So if they get married, they got a wee tick beside them. So you're like, that's a wee bit harder. Well, that's that is very <laughs> very efficient. That is very yeah. efficient. So let's go into. Well, um, we're going to the next bit. Are you a bit of a reader, Andy? Do you read? You know, I go through phases, and honestly, I haven't read anything in a long time because I've just, I've, I've honestly, I've, I'm so busy that mm-hmm. reading takes takes. And you need to focus on it because if yeah. I, if I'm not understand if I'm not getting into it, then I, I just I lose interest in it completely. Um, I've never really read much fiction. I've always read autobiographies or um, kind of inspirational stuff and things like that. Uh, and I've um, do you know some of the best stuff I've read is Lance Armstrong's books. All all, all three of his autobiographies were brilliant. And weirdly, I'm still a fan of his despite it coming out that it was full of shit all that time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, some of the stuff in that, I mean, I don't care how many drugs you take to have went through, you went through and then still win seven Tour de Francis. There's something in there. I know, uh, 100%. And, uh, so some of that stuff was really interesting. Um, but not in, in all honesty, I, haven't, I can't even remember the last book I read. Um, uh, some, some of Darren Brown's stuff was really interesting. He goes into like, the psychology and, of things. Um, and then I'm a big fan of Lemmy. Lemmy, the Scottish Lemmy, It's just Lemmy, right, books? He's got three books. Uh, he's la- don't get me wrong. Quite often, it's short stories that are just that just click with my weird, warped sense of humour. Um, so yeah, that, that that in fact, Lemmy would probably be in the last book I read. Um, but yeah, I, in all honesty, I, I'd more I'd, at the moment now I'm more stick on a podcast because it's that non-fiction non-fiction mm-hmm. element that I like, and I like listening to hear people's stories or or watch a documentary or something like that. But in the in the car, I mean, I've been known to maybe stick on an audio book, but but podcasts just consume consume what I do. I've not really I've not really had much time to sit down and read. You know, no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big audio book fan. That's what I like. Um, I really like audio books, and it's just as you say, it's like time. But sometimes I can just be like out driving, so I can yep. just sit and listen to that. So no, no, I, mate, that's some, still some good suggestions. It's but like, D- Darren Brown, Happy was the last audio book. That's what I was actually going to say. No, that's uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's I like that. I like the one. Uh, I just like how he, I love the. What do you call that? Um, 
like we need the placebo effect that he was talking yep. about, and I, I thought that was so interesting. Um, but the person with eczema, and it was just that he gave them more or less a, a smarty, it wasn't a smarty, obviously, yeah. but whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, that's unbelievable, like how how much your brain controls everything. Yeah. But I suppose, like, when you were talking, obviously, when you were in a darker place, like, did you feel like that was like you, it was something in your head? It, then you, oh, without, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt, and I, I couldn't even pinpoint it. Um, well, no, no, there probably was something physical that ticked off. I think, well, when I was about 15, I broke my ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I was still grown at that time, and it caused a bone spot at the back of my knee. And for some reason, the first time I ever noticed it was right at the start of that. So that flicked a switch for me. that I was like, no, something's wrong. I went and right. got that checked out. Oh, no, that's fine. It's just a bone spot. You're fine. You don't have cancer. But no, in my head, no, I've got it somewhere else then. So mm-hmm. you, you start looking for symptoms you start looking for things that are wrong and um it, it drove me crazy it absolutely drove me crazy and uh yeah i don't i look, couldn't tell you the amount of times that i would just i've been at home alone or i'd have to say to my mom say mom i need to come and stay with you because i'm just like i'm feeling so down it wasn't like i was suicidal or anything like that i didn't ever feel like that bad but it was just like nothing's going to be able to get me out of this until i find out something's wrong um and it, it took it took something for, to snap me out of it um and yeah, I'm, and I've said that to the guys before the, the band that, that let that let me go out and tour manage them. That yeah, that that was a big massive effect on me, and uh, it it helped. So it was just having the opportunity there to snap myself out of it. It's, no, I can I can totally relate because after everything that happened to me, I, I was the same. I was I was more or less looking for it to return. It's going to return. Yeah. So it must it must be coming back. And, it, and my ah. surgeon was like, that's why my surgeon says to me that it was like the, the Dan Brown book. I was reading stuff like that, and he was like, no everything's up there with you now. He's like, this is, yep. and that's what he said to me, was that's going to be the biggest part for you. He says, I knew you would bounce back for the surgery, you'd bounce back for this, because like, your, your work, do you know what I mean? Your work was yeah. to keep fit, and he says, and everything like that, he says, but the part I knew it would be hardest for you would be up here. So you know, it's very, very, it's, it's good that you've spoke about that, because it's it's good for people to understand, I mean, like, yeah. what can happen. And, and people say that like we don't talk about it enough and and, and it's, i don't i never want to get that kind of preachy way about it but the times that it only really gets talked talk about talked about is when it's too late like mm-hmm. when someone's actually taking their own life or something drastic has happened that it's like shit we should have talked about that i'm like no talk about it before it becomes a problem like let's let's um normalize that no uh-huh. You, I, that's what you need to do and that's what I do now like if I see somebody and I think and I'll just maybe drop in with them hey, how are you doing yeah. and then but oh, I'm fine blah 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 and it's just just a wee drop in and it, it's yep. the best thing to do and I'm a big believer in just talking about it like I've no issue with talking I did have an issue with talking about it and that was the thing my big thing was writing my article for Bill Kids UK and it was like this yeah. it was like all of a sudden I just it took off this massive heavy backpack and I was like Oh God, that was worth doing. When it was yeah. just literally a story that I, I avoided putting out. So, no, mate, this has been really, really good, and it's been a very, very interesting podcast. Thank you so much for no, taking time for out. Oh no, it's been an absolute honour, and it's, it's great. And I love getting people at your cell phone because it's like it's really inspiring what you've done over and, and your whole career. Like, I just I love what you said there was just. With opportunities, like you just got to take opportunities, and that's that's what I totally believe in as well. So yeah. it's great, and that's why I want people to hear, like people like yourself, and they should if they've got an opportunity to sit in their lap, just take it. Like don't yeah. fanny about. Because I mean, I, like a couple of your other episodes, they talk about um, 
like people's drive and like really like focused goals and stuff like that. In all honesty, I've never had a focused goal because I still don't know really what the end game is. I just I, I want to have a a happy family. That's that's I suppose that's always been my end game. Is like mm-hmm. I, I want to have that happy family, and obviously there's other things that I've got to fall into place to do that. Um, but yeah, when opportunities present themselves, I've just sometimes it's taking a bit of balls to take them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I worked for a local authority for uh, 18 months and I hated it. It was rubbish. It was crap. I mean, it was doing doing the big scale events that I do, but it was awful. It was slow paced. It was 95 um, and my wife was eight months pregnant and I quit. And people were like, what are you doing? That's like a, that's a job for life and you've got a family on the way and um, you, you were well paid. And I'm like, ah, but I hated it. It was rubbish. And I, mm-hmm. I quit to go and do a three week tour. Um, which I, I would never, I wouldn't have, I'd, I'd do the same decision every hundred times again. Like there was, there's no doubt about it with, with no, with no promise of any extra work. Did that three week tour, took six months off and enjoyed that first six months of my daughter's life. So, hey um, my, it was well worth it. Well worth it. And then just it, caught up that. And that's, that's the amazing thing. It's great talking to like another dad that's, that's got that attitude and like that's the way I am. Like everybody's, oh my God, lockdown must have been absolutely horrendous for your, your business. I, to be fair, it wasn't the greatest for business. I've had worse. Do you know I mean, I've been in a worse yeah. situation. But like my wee girl, I, I, I've been able to spend loads of time with my wee girls. I mean, Lucia was is only just turned one. I mean, I got Sophia wasn't it nurse. I got all that time with them. I'm like, you can't buy that. Do you know what I mean, you just can't. This was meant to be the biggest, the busiest summer ever for me. And to be like, nah, you're not away for four months of summer. You can actually sit at home and. I'm taking the kids to school and nursery just now and stuff like that rather than being stuck in a festival site somewhere. So yeah, it's been amazing. Um, and I am lucky that, I, like, yes, I lost a huge amount of work over summer and it, it, did, it did have an impact, but because I've diversified and I've got different kind of roles that I do, some of that was still able to go ahead. So I've been lucky. See, you're a wise man, mate. See, it's an amazing person to have on. So, mate, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I can't wait to get this episode out. And all the best, mate, being a dad no worries, of four. So, thank you so much. And um, I'm, I'm going to stay tuned to all your stuff, mate, on the staying in. But thank you again, mate, right? No worries. Speak to you soon.